once I walked in that door, Olivia and I, we would go to our room and close the door. And we established it with the kids that we're going to have about 20 minutes of just mommy and daddy time. That was Jerry Dugan talking about a practice that he and his wife, Olivia, established when they had their kids. As soon as he got back home from work, the first thing Jerry did was to have a check-in with his partner. What happened in that 20 minutes behind closed doors, you ask? They talked. Yes, communicated. It's one of the most important things that you can do to maintain a healthier relationship because it sends such a strong message to your partner that they come first before anything else. And in today's episode, this is what we focus on. The reasons why you should go tell your partner today that, hey, my love, you come first. And this step that we're talking about is actually the second of a three-step exercise that Jerry shares with us. So let's listen to the whole story from Jerry on what he and Olivia do to build a healthier relationship. And before we go ahead, because we love to keep our content digestible, this is a part one of two episode series of our conversation with Jerry. In the next week's episode, we share more about a framework that you can follow at home to build a healthier relationship with your partner. So stay tuned. Welcome to La Vida, Love Vitamins for a Healthier Relationship, a podcast made by partners for partners. This is Rashi. And this is Ansh. Well, welcome, Jerry. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm super excited to chat with you. I'm wondering if you can start by just telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do. I am a leadership consultant by day, as well as a podcaster, and I guess now officially an author. And let's see. So that's the professional side. The personal side, I'm married. My wife and I celebrated our 21st anniversary a few months ago. And we're working on year number 22. We're empty nesters now. What we would love to start with is asking you, what are some of the habits and rituals or activities that you and your partner do that have helped to keep the love intentional and alive in your relationship. I work a whole day. My wife was a stay-at-home mother and I don't care what people say, that is hard work. I've I've done it a few times where I stayed at home to take care of the kids and I'm like, how? Like the kids are alive every day and here I am like, how did I how did she do it? it? It's it's a job. So I would come home though after a full day at the office and just be drained. You know, I I drive to work through rush hour traffic work a full day in the office, putting out fires, trying to work on projects, and then coming through rush hour traffic to get home. I was, I was burned out, you know, by the time I got to that door. First thing I had to do was recharge myself before I even walked in the door. And that was something we all agreed to is that I was no good to anybody in the family if I just walked through the door, deadbeat tired, zoned out, wanting to crash in bed or on the couch as soon as possible. So I would sit in the car for a few minutes just to zone out and yeah, just get it out of my system that, all right, work is done. That is, that's it for the day. I'm about to go into the house and and visualize a little bit of what did I want that night to look like? What kind of engagements with my kids, with my wife, if she's still working on, I'm going to say it like we're all traditional, but we weren't. If she happened to be cooking that night, then is there anything I, I could do to help? But I was typically the one who would, if there was going to be dinner, I was typically the one who was going to cook it anyway. So then it it might be something along the lines of, how do I convince her that tonight's night we're going to do stir fry or curry chicken or something that isn't like 
in her wheelhouse as far as the palate goes, but it's something I really wanted. Or it's like, okay, maybe she wants homemade chicken nuggets, whatever it is, just be ready to go in and cook dinner and, you know, play with the kids, engage the kids, that kind of thing, and get caught up in their world. So that'd be the first step is just regrouping myself and putting myself in the frame of mind. And the cool thing was once I walked in the door and we didn't do this perfectly right off the bat, but eventually we got to a place where step number two is once I walked in that door, Olivia and I, we would go to our room and close the door and we established it with the kids that we're going to have about 20 minutes of just mommy and daddy time. And usually when I would tell that to other guys, they're like, oh, we know what happened there. We're like, no, the walls were thin in our house. <laughs> it was just strictly to talk and get caught up, you know, over the big highs and the like the highlights of the day for both of us and just spend some time reconnecting with each other before we both went and tackled the rest of the night with the whole family. And so that just gives us time to do that, talk through highlights, what's our plan for the rest of the night, how are we feeling, and any any big things we need to tackle. And and so that that was the second thing. And then really the third thing was be there, you know, and, and be engaged with each other. And that worked for most of the time. Our daughter got involved with ballet. And so at, as she got more and more involved with that, Olivia became more of her Uber driver around town. And, and then, you know, poor Jacob, you know, our son, he just, he get dropped off along the way. Like he's got baseball practice. So Olivia would drop him off and then I'd go pick him up or I'd go and, you know, if we had two cars, then we would go our separate. And so I'd have Jacob for baseball practice or sometimes I loved it when we did this is when we would swap and I get to see my daughter in her element. That was always fun. And just really cool. Like, well, for her, like she would see dad and just be excited. And the other, you know, dancers there would be like, your dad actually came and he's like watching you dance. And she's like, yeah. And. So it was just, it was just really neat to be there for her. So, so yeah, typical night I'd diffuse in the driveway and we'd spend 20 minutes reconnecting and then we would tackle the rest of the night together. You know, I, I love so many things about what you said and the biggest, the two, the two biggest points are actually, they're all big points, but really the fact that you took care of yourself first so that you could show up for your family and your spouse. And then that you prioritize your relationship with your wife who probably had this desire, this craving for adult conversation at this point, or just a simple need to connect with her partner because she's been, you know, with the kids and in that situation, in that environment all day. It reminds me of something of Unsh often says, which is you come first, as in your partner comes first. And it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't mean you move earth and moon and always do things around your partner. It's that small thing of, hey, you know what? I'm going to fill our bucket first and then be present for our family it's not that the family time isn't important. It is important, but this relationship is the bedrock on which that family is being built. I, I loved everything that you shared about your rituals and it just brings a, a warm, fuzzy feeling to my heart. <laughs> Let's pause for a second. If this wasn't compelling enough to make you go and tell your partner that, hey, you come first, Jerry gives us some more compelling reasons why we should put our relationship with our partner first before our children and extended family and friends. There eventually became three tiers of our relationship, like priorities. And so for my wife and I, you know, we're, our, our faith is a Christian faith. And so we put God first and then we put each other second and then we would put our kids third. And that was the order of priority of relationship. 
Now, if you're not a Christian, that's okay. You just leave that part out or replace it with your faith. And But yeah, the, the relationship between my wife and I definitely would have precedent over our relationship with our kids, our family, like extended family, you know, friends, coworkers, like they did not matter as much as my wife and I. And the, and the rationale behind that was both of us had talked before we even got married while we were still dating. And, you know, my wife had experienced, I believe, three to four divorces while she was a kid. And I had seen two. And, and so my mom and dad had split when I was 11. And then my mom had remarried and divorced. And then my dad was married again, and they're now separated. So seeing that before I even became a full-fledged adult was like, I don't want my marriage to end up like that. So let me learn from my parents' mistakes, what went wrong with their relationship. And, and my wife was on her you know, side of things, doing the same thing, kind of breaking down, like, where did my parents' marriage go wrong? What did they do? What did they not do? Where were they you know, hyper-focused in a sense? Where were their blind spots? We still didn't have all the answers. We just knew that whoever we married, before we knew we were going to ask each other, it was we were going to be fully committed. And it was going to be somebody that also could demonstrate they were fully committed. And so we just knew that that was genuine while we were still dating. Like that, that's our commitment to, to whoever the other person is. It just worked out that my other person was her. She said yes. And I was like, yeah. And then uh, I found out that she had been planning a lot longer than I had. So I'm like, wow, because I was. I was pretty excited from day one. I just didn't want to be like that guy who like fell in love on the first date. So I was trying to play cool. And so that, that level of commitment was there. And, and because of that, and we knew that, you know, divorce, you know, we knew it could happen, but we wanted to make sure that was way down the list. And so for me, it was don't give her a reason to want to divorce you. So not so much of like coerce her to like, leave that down there and take advantage of like her commitment, like truly like live in a way that she's going to be like, all right, yeah, I choose him again for another day. And, and so that was just huge for us that, that level of commitment there. And, and then, you know, when it comes to parenting, people like to say, you know, we put the kids first and you know, it sounds great. It sounds noble. And it may feel like that's where you need to put your effort. And for us to put ourselves ahead of the kids was our long-term strategy, because we knew that at some point our oldest was going to turn 18 and leave. And then our daughter was just a couple of years behind her and she was going to go off and do her own thing. And so we're like, okay, so if we do the math, we got maybe 20 years before we're empty nesters. And I want to know the person I'm empty nesting with and, and not be a total stranger. And part of that was because we knew people who divorced as soon as the kids were gone, because they, they look up and they realize, I don't know you or I, I, oh man, that habit of yours really is annoying. Now that I don't have the kids to distract me from that. Yeah, no, I'm out. <laughs> oh, we don't have to pay for college anymore. Then we can afford this. Let's, let's split up now. And, and we didn't want that to happen either. So very conscious about making sure that we were connecting every single day. And then from there, we were in a healthier spot to co-parent our kids as well, because you know, if there was one thing our kids could tell everybody without us coaching them to say it is that they could never split us up and make mom and dad work against each other. Like we were always on the same page most of the time. There are a few times where I'm like, well, okay, hey, hey Liv, let's talk about this over here. So the kids don't see, or they might see us have our own arguments, but we'd even work those out. Like once we worked it out ourselves, we would bring the kids in and say, all right, you heard the argument kick off. 
here's the rest of the story. And this is how we worked it out. This is where I am sorry that I was wrong. And, and even, you know, like if it's an argument I started, then I definitely ask everybody for forgiveness. And because we wanted to demonstrate to our kids that, you know, you can work things out and then it's important for them to know how those things got worked out. And then also know that dad is fallible. Like dad is not perfect. He is human, just like anybody else. Thanks for thinking I'm a hero, but <laughs> here's the reality. Dad is sometimes stupid and he, he needs forgiveness too. And we, we hope that paid off for them as they got older. And we've, we've seen at least for our daughter that she's applied a lot of the lessons that she's picked up from us. And we're like, oh man, okay, it's working. It's working. I, I love that because, you know, that kind of parenting, it's putting the practical application, living by example. Yeah. Rather than preaching and being like, you should not fight. It's more like, okay, you know what? We disagree. Sometimes it's not a perfect, clean way of, of finding a solution. But here's how it played down for us. And over time, you build enough examples into somebody's repository, especially children's repository, and they get a pretty good working model on how can we figure things out. Rashi, let's bandage the takeaways for today's episode on why we should prioritize our partner's our relationships with them before some of the other relationships. The first is before you interact with your partner, take a moment for yourself. Recharge and regroup to make sure that you are in the right frame of mind. Second, prioritize your relationship with your partner. Take time to catch up on the day. Work on your relationship so that your partner chooses you every single day. Three, Teach your kids by example that you and your partner are a strong team together. Now, before we say goodbye, just a quick reminder again that this is part one of a two-episode series with, of our conversation with Jerry. In the next week's episode, we share more about a framework that you can follow at home to build a healthier relationship with your partner. So stay tuned. To reach out to our guest or learn more about them, use the links in the show notes below. If you liked the episode, the best way to share is to ask, do you take love vitamins? Small doses over time is how you grow the love. If you have something to share, there's a form you can fill in the description below. We hope you enjoyed listening. We'll see you next week. I have a little something to share. Small doses of love for you and your partner. Not something you can shove for it takes time to foster. These love pills, pretty easy to swallow, would mean a lot if this podcast you follow. Promise to keep this digestible, for your time is not free, a conversation we enable, even if you disagree. Listen carefully, be aware, you might like something here. If you do, with someone you care, please do share. We bandage the takeaways for you know who, yes, every Friday. For you and your boo. Join us with your stories. Leave a review. Together we inspire even if it's only a few.